welcome to episode 43 of the Film Yak Podcast. I'm Kevin. Jonathan. I'm John. And they are. <laughs> I forgot my name. Our, our usual speaker man is not here today because of extenuating circumstances that we won't get into here because we actually don't know what happened, so don't try to write into us asking if they're juicy details. So... We are here to talk about Jonathan's pick. Tick. You got it? Tick. The face of another. The face of another by Hiroshi Teshigahara. There you go. I'm not John, guys. Come on. It's like John's not here, so none of us know how to speak. That's a thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. So. I guess we'll just get right into it. Um, we've got some trailers that are on the filmyakpodcast.com blog. So, first one that John posted, mid-90s, looks like the boy version of Skate Kitchen. And like an update of Larry Clark's kids. Mm. But less sex, maybe? Less yeah, AIDS. like less genuine. I don't mm. know. It just seems just, it just seems fake to me. Yeah, um, is this Jonah Hill's like first writing directing thing? Definitely his first directing. directing yeah. Okay. I don't know about writing. Right. Let's see. So is I mean is the the kid in this is that is that Jonah Hill? Is this an autobiographical thing? I don't think so because this is set in L.A. and he's from Canada. So <laughs> he is Canadian. <laughs> yeah. Good point. I mean, so even it could genuine. it could be like maybe maybe there's an entire like LA subsection of Toronto or <laughs> whatever or whatever major Canadian city he's from. I don't want to just pigeonhole him as being from Toronto. I don't know. Huh? I feel like this is just <laughs> this says he was born is, in LA. This is just oh, made okay. for today. Like this is just I was wrong. Are we just confusing Jonah Hill and Seth Rogen and deciding that they had the same childhood and upbringing? <laughs> Well, didn't they? I mean, yeah. I mean, Michael Sarah's Canadian, and Seth Rogen's Canadian. So, uh, is Bill Hader Canadian? I'm just gonna guess that everybody who was in Superbad was Canadian. That might be a dangerous assumption. Yeah, and it'd be wrong too, because Bill Hader was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh wow. Anyway, I'm gonna stop. Definitely not. Stop Canada. talking about people's origins. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, the trailer looks all right. Um, mm. Just looks like a kids remake, but yeah, hopefully it'll be something more. Yeah, there was either of you guys seen this is England? Yep. Um, it looked kind of similar to that. Only I don't think this one will have like I mean, I don't think this one will have like skinheads and war veterans and that kind of thing. But it looked kind of kind of similar in that like there's this you know subculture going on with like some really young kids and the the main kid Sonny however you pronounce his last name he was really good in Killing of a Sacred Deer so this ought to be interesting I liked one there's like one line I liked when Gerard Carmichael as a cop is yelling at the children uh-huh. and he calls one of them a Cheryl Crow looking motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good right that sounds like Jonah Hill's writing yeah. It really does. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe I like Jonah Hill. Yeah. Who knows? Also, the older brother played by Lucas Hedges, who 
is apparently in everything now. I mean, more power to him. He's really good. I mean, he's like, he's Oscar nominated, right? Was he? I don't know. I mean, I made that up. We're making up a lot of stuff today. I can tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome Slowly to the Fiction space. Podcast. The Alex Jones oh. of film podcasts. <laughs> yeah. A little less, little less angry, but yeah, definitely just as false. He yeah. was nominated for an Oscar. Okay. For what? Ladybird. Manchester by the Oh, oh that's right. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That All movie. Right, yeah. I haven't seen that one. I've yet to see it. Yeah. Right. Should we? Uh, should we quick quick mention the uh, the magic movie? Magic movie. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> the one you were just talking about, the Eli Roth thing. Oh right, right, right. <laughs> I haven't seen the trailer of this yet, but yeah, the know. the house with the clock in its walls, directed by Eli Roth, and this is a very very weird departure for him because he's given us Cabin Fever and Hostel Parts One and Two and the Death Wish remake with Bruce Willis, so I don't know if there's going to be any blood and gore and excessive violence in this one. <laughs> But there is going to be Jack Black looking yeah. and sounding like he's doing an Orson Welles kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, it, w- it would make more sense for him to be doing like a Vincent Price thing. That'd be like a little more appropriate for this kind of movie. But mm. definitely definitely looks like Orson Welles. Yeah. Which is not just to say that Jack Black is fat. He's just, <laughs> he kind of sounds like Orson Welles in parts of this trailer. Well, he's got the beard too. So. Right. Yep. So we'll see. We'll see why why they've made that choice. Yeah. Except that we probably won't. Yeah. I don't think I, any of us are going to see this. Yeah. I mean, I would think like, well, no, you guys both teach middle school, so. Yeah. There's just I don't have a whole lot of like Kate Blanchett heads in my class that want <laughs> right. to see this. You know. <laughs> yeah. Is this a book? It probably it's. Uh, I'm it's, sure it's a kids it, book. It's yeah. gotta be. Oh well. Yeah. This look. It looks dumb. Yeah. Let's just say it. It looks it dumb. Looks, it looks dumb. Basically, goosebumps without the fan base built in. <laughs> so, a loss of money is what this looks like. It wasn't Jack Black. Was Jack Black in Goosebumps? Hell he was. Yeah, Jack Black was oh in Goosebumps. Oh, my God. He played R.L. Stein. <laughs> this is Jack Black's career now, people. What is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he goes from the jackal to this. Jesus. Does he have, like, does he have kids? Is he letting is he letting his kids run his uh, his career? Probably. Is that what people do? This is I a guess. spy kid situation, right? I Although those movies actually aren't that that bad. I mean, they're not great. Mm. I've never seen a spy kids movie. They're not good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was one time where I was trying to get a full time position, so. One of the ones that came open was in the children's section, so I figured, well, let me watch some children's stuff so I can at least have some idea of what I'm talking about when I go in for the interview. Didn't end up getting the job, so... And how was Shark Boy vs. Lava Girl? <laughs> that I haven't seen. I've seen the three Spy Kids movies, okay. but oh, not... There's, there's three? Yeah. And the third, the oh third one God. has Stallone as the bad guy. What a, what a get. Mm. That's good. Yeah. Good God. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> Let's move on from this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any other n- news trailers um, you guys are excited for? Had we talked about the uh, over Overlord? 
Oh, the J.J. Abrams thing? Yeah, did we talk about that last week? I don't week? think so. And I, I, I just saw that before... Mission Impossible. Yeah, that's the yeah, first time I'd seen that. Same here. Right. It looked pretty good. Okay. Like, at first I was like, oh my god, are we seriously... This is going to be another D-Day fucking movie. Right. What's happening? And yeah, it just goes off the rails immediately. Looks pretty inter- interesting. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely okay with adding uh, weird horror elements to, yeah. to war movies. And it looks like it's going to be pretty... Pretty violent. Nice. So, uh, yeah, it open does for an bad. R on that. Awesome. Do we yeah. know? Uh, I don't know. No, oh, we do know. It's R. Oh, sweet. Oh. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely excited about that then. Sweet. Some uh, Nazi zombies. Nice. <laughs> yeah. It's the best kind of Nazi. Yeah. Except that there's that whole other series of Nazi zombies that isn't very good. Those Norwegian movies. Really? With the oh, dead, like it, dead snow. Right. Oh, right, yeah. Right. It's, it's more like a horror comedy, though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But there are Nazi zombies. Right. It's just it's not it's not great. Yeah. yeah. Not not a well made movie. Right. I didn't see the sequel. It's too bad Rob Zombie wasn't able to actually make Werewolf Women of the SS. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> kind of. In like a you know missed opportunity for Mystery Science Theater. <laughs> You know? Okay. I'll, I'll agree to that. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it on trailers, though. Okay. Um, I'll quickly mention the, the first man trailer that we saw. Oh, yeah. At the beginning of uh, Mission Impossible was ridiculously long and showed the entire launch of the Apollo 11, which was kind of just weird. I don't know. Yeah. It, it was cool. It's possibly the entire launch. Yeah. They could have they they yeah. shortened it. Yeah. We don't mm. know. It was, it was cool, and I want to see the movie. Uh, but I, I don't know. That's, it was just very strange. So did right. you guys see like an entire scene? <laughs> did you guys see Fallout in IMAX? Yeah. Okay. Me too. I wonder if we were were we at the same showing? I, we went at seven at uh, the O'Neill. Oh, I was AMC. at seven at the Blue Bonnet AMC. Okay. Yeah. Dang. And we're not talking about Mission Impossible this week, right? Except that, we're, that we're talking about. I'm going to try to watch some more Mission Impossibles too this week. Yeah, I uh, rewatch the first one at least. Yeah, my brother has gotten through the first three, so I'm an hour into the third one, and okay. I, I rewatched the second one last night. Right. So I think I'm just going to go all the way. I don't the recommend the second, second one. one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I had it on VHS. Watched it probably 200 times. Uh, I don't know why. Never liked it because you love just it. doves. <laughs> the John Woo ness yeah. of it. Uh, I, right. I had no idea there was so much John Woo. It's insane. And I like John Woo. Right. But I don't like John Woo. This is like self aware John Impossible. Woo. Oh. <laughs> it's, yeah. Just it's rough. dumping it. Just dumping it on. Yeah. I remember, like, I was a huge, huge fan of the first Mission Impossible. And then watching the second one, I was like, this is so not anything like the movie that i loved this one was just like way too way too action not enough like kind of thriller spy elements yeah yeah like it seemed like a james bond only with like a more (laughs) stunt oriented leading man yeah and they the second one so far seems to be the one where they just really could not figure out how to make any of that action smart or tie it in with a plot that makes sense because that the chimera disease thing is just <laughs> such goddamn <laughs> nonsense, and yeah. it, they're all they're all nonsense. So like 
to be able to to add a goddamn to that that makes it really bad right um <laughs> but again we'll we'll talk about this more next week tune yeah, in next definitely. week guys yes we'll yeah. have we'll have a sponsor by then yeah mission impossible fallout right definitely right? that would be great yeah <laughs> <laughs> so who wants to start uh yeah one of you guys start i only well, got a couple so all right i'll i'll go i'll start uh <clears throat> Steven Spielberg's latest, Ready Player One. Ooh. Oh, I, actually, um, I can actually talk about this, too. <clears throat> Just watched it last night. Oh, shit. So I've only got one. Like, <laughs> no, we're, we're going to talk about this, though. Draw it out, right, well, guys. Well, let me... Let me I'll this. not start here. So I can okay, talk cool. about it when you talk about Sounds it. Sounds great. Little, little behind the scenes, seeing how we work things out <laughs> on Film Yak. All right. Right. So I watched You Were Never Really Here. Please tell me that's not the other one you watched. No. All right. Good. <laughs> <laughs> All right yeah. uh, Lynn Ramsey's You Were Never Here. Um, about an uh, like Iraq vet or war vet, army vet, whatever, uh, who now uh, recovers lost children. Looks like usually lost girl girls that are taken in by uh, you know sex trafficking issues stuff. But yeah, again, John's like I don't know how to talk. I'm barely getting through this sentence. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> It is. He's the glue. So this, so this is like the darker <laughs> version of. Ah, uh, uh, come on. What's Liam? <laughs> Liam Neeson. Yeah, Taken. They, they're the darker yeah. version of Taken. Yes, except that he's you know he's doing this you know for contract. It's not like anything oh, personal. Okay. Okay. He's like a dude that does this as his job. Mm. Um, so it, it ends out kind of playing a bit like Taxi Driver mm. mixed with something like Taken. Uh-huh. Except that it's uh, pretty quiet, except for when it explodes with violence. And uh, I uh, I did not love this. I thought it was just kind of like a hollow experience. The action Ooh, stuff's cool. Really? Joaquin Phoenix is good, but I do not like the way the plot <laughs> plays out. Just I didn't find it very interesting. There's like a like some of the there's like this cool security cam sequence. But it's just like it's cool out of context. I just uh, I couldn't really get into it. And uh, this is my least favorite Johnny Greenwood score because uh, there are parts where it's just like it's so overbearing and not not a good way. Is it totally original or is it? Yeah. Okay. He didn't borrow from other. I don't think so. Stuff. I don't That's think cool. so. Mm. And I really did not <laughs> like the ending. There's like a. Like the very last second before we like go to the credits, there's like a, I'm going to call it like an ironic, uh, ironic song playing. And like, I, I hate, I hate the, like the soundtrack choice that they make at the end. And it, it just like, I, I hated it. Uh, three and a half out of five. That was the thing that really bothered me about the end of hereditary. The song that they use, like as like the movie is ending and then into the end credits. I'm like, Ugh. Like, Sympathy for the devil. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish. Yeah, like, I, don't, I don't remember what that song was. I remember it, feeling it was "Both Sides" now by Joan Baez. Okay, and it's like, what does a like of all the stuff that has gone into this movie before now? Like, you choose a folk song from the mid to late '60s, and it's like you just totally like undercut the entire emotion of this last scene feels like it should just end on some fucking black metal or something 
know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, or like, uh, or yeah, like some harsh noise. Yeah, like like John Zorn from like Funny Games, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. This uh, the song at the end of you never really hear. I'm pretty sure is 60s. It's like a 60s dance pop thing, and mm. I don't remember the name of the song. And if I'm wrong about the decade, I apologize to all the people that know more about music than I do. But it's uh, there are a couple of really questionable song choices in this movie and mm. it, obviously that's not song choices don't just ruin the movie but it, it it's distracting right uh and yeah i just could not get into this movie wanted to love it really like lynn ramsey really like walking phoenix just couldn't do it eh. all right that's it so i rewatched new york new york Directed by Martin Scorsese, starring Robert De Niro and Liza Minnelli. And I had watched this like years ago on Netflix. I think I watched it in like 2010 because I was just about to go to New York. And I rem- for some reason, I remember liking it back then. But this thing is way too long. And it's like Martin Scorsese like learning how to do montage. Because there's a lot of montage in this movie. Like, you know, there's a little bit of plot that happens. Then, then some montage with a song. A little bit of plot, another montage. A little bit of plot, another montage. And it's like almost three hours. And it's pretty much just three hours of Robert De Niro being a total dick to Liza Minnelli. And... That I that but doesn't she deserve it? Does Just she? for being Liza Minnelli? No, <laughs> she doesn't. No, I mean Liza Minnelli is pretty awesome. I mean, she was great in Arrested Development. Uh, she wasn't bad looking back in the day. Like not so much in no. this, not so much in this movie, but like uh, Arthur. Yes, please. I, I think I say that mostly because I just came out of this movie <clears throat> hating everyone involved. Not that yeah. I, like, I don't hate Martin Scorsese or Robert De Niro now. Right, I right. hated their involvement with this movie because I hate yeah. this movie. Yeah, yeah. And, like, and like now I'm starting to wonder, like, is this another one of those, like, late 70s things that, like, killed the, uh, the new Hollywood thing? Like, <laughs> uh, you know, like... Single-handedly murdered an entire... Well, no, there was more to it than, that. like, uh, like, Heaven's Gate and, like apocalypse now and like maybe this maybe this movie and then uh then the death nail to all of that star wars i would say those pretty two previous movies you mentioned are good though like this is they're good but they were they're good but they they, were massive financial but sinkholes yeah like there was there was so much spent on them that they didn't make back like especially heaven's gate like yeah 44 million (laughs) dollars For which now is a joke, but yeah, yeah. Although, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I didn't like Heaven's Gate, but that's that's another thing. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, I don't know. With all the like the musical numbers and everything, I don't know how much they actually spent on New York, New York. But I did read that they didn't get very much money back. So like, I wonder if like fourteen million. Okay, so I wonder if this is just Scorsese's like. You Box know, office was sixteen point four million. Not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> got, a, got a little back. Way, way to just you know 
poo-poo me, I'm sorry. Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get the facts here. You're right. You're right. No, but uh, I, I mean, I haven't seen this in a long time, and I hated, I hated this thing. Yeah, it's very, I, uh, it was very un- for me. Well, when I saw it, it was it felt very uncharacteristic of everyone involved. Yeah, but, I don't know. It's been a long time. Yeah, I mean, especially like there's like the f- openings sequence in the um, in the nightclub. It's like literally. Robert De Niro go into like every different woman in the bar, just badgering them incessantly. And then when he finally gets to Liza Minnelli, it's like a full like 10 minutes before he finally goes away and takes the hint. <laughs> and then he comes back because turns out that his friend is with her friend. So, and of course, you know, they end up together for a little while. But yeah, two and a half. Damn. Um, let's see here. I watched a documentary on Netflix called "The Last the Last Man on the Moon." After watching that uh Last Man trailer, and I'm a huge space nerd, so uh, mm. excited for that movie. But uh, yeah, watch this documentary. Um, it follows uh, Eugene Cernan, who was the uh, third, uh, least famous, I guess, of Hollow Eleven. The guy who stayed in the capsule. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, like a, what a shitty draw! Ne- never got yeah. His, yeah, never got his. Uh, well, he he went on. Oh man, he went on like multiple missions, and then the very last Apollo mission, he finally got to walk on the moon. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. But um, wasn't expecting much. And it, when I first started it, it was kind of like it was just like showing his normal life, and it's like all right, whatever. But a lot of killer fo- footage, a lot of like behind the scenes training stuff. Um, a lot of explosions, <laughs> a lot of near death stuff. Uh, this one part, um, these two different groups, like him and his buddy, and then like these two other guys had to like take jets from like Florida to Houston or whatever. They like would commute back and forth, uh, and uh, they like their other the uh, the other two and the other plane like crashed and died. And like there was like several times where like people just died, like outright died for this. Wow. And, yeah, it was pretty uh pretty crazy stuff. Shit. But uh he, he somehow survived all of this. <laughs> but um Yeah, it was uh it's pretty good stuff. Um like I said, it's just really showing his his life and uh uh what he's doing now. He does a lot of like charity and stuff and mm. um Yeah, I don't know. I, I did like how it uh, it, sh- it kind of shone a light on how like all these astronauts like gave up everything to be astronauts. Like uh. I think all of them were divorced, and uh, they're all like terrible fathers. They were like never there, and like <laughs> it, it, it kind of gets awkward in certain points where he's like talking to his daughter, and he's like, "Sorry, I was never there for you." Blah blah, blah. and it's, it's just really it's kind of awkward, but um. It seems like a very documentary thing to do. It, like, it, it was. Hey, I was like, why don't like, you talk to your daughter and like apologize for being a <laughs> shitty dad? Exactly. Like, they're like on a swing out, and then like the camera's really far away. I'm like, <laughs> really? <laughs> but um, yeah, it was it was entertaining. Mm. Uh, definitely, definitely check it out. I think I gave it like a three or something. Ooh. Yeah, three. But yeah, that's like, it on that. Do you think the daughter was like, uh, I'll. T- I'll listen to you fake apologize to me if I get like some royalties from this. Probably, <laughs> right? Like, I don't give a fuck about you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you touched some moon dust, Dad. 
but now I have for daddy issues. Dad? For what? Yeah. <laughs> At what cost? All right, me? Yeah. Mm. All right. Okay, so I watched uh, I watched Leave No Trace, which I think is still in theaters here. It was in one theater last week. Mm. Uh, mm. It's uh, Deborah Granick's new movie. She did uh, Winner's Bone, the oh, movie yeah, that pretty okay. much oh, launched right. uh, Jennifer Lawrence's career. Serious career. Yeah. yeah. And this is about a uh, father and daughter played by Ben Foster and Thomas and McKenzie who live out in the woods near Portland, Oregon. And uh, like forage for food. They practice hiding from people and uh, like go into town, walk into town to like buy just things they absolutely need and just kind of live their life on their own until uh, that existence gets fucked up and they get kind of passed around between like social institutions and housing and uh and then eventually go back out into the woods but uh (laughs) it's like it's mostly just like you you get this completely from the perspective of the kid thomas and mckenzie and i think the daughter is supposed to be like 12 or 13 i don't think they say Mm. but uh it is awesome watching her kind of discover what you know like a normal life to us is like versus like what she's dealt with and then watching ben foster kind of uh going quietly crazy in the confines of like you know real life there's like a moment where he like walks in front of a television and just gets like so sad that it exists (laughs) ouch uh and this is this is like good ben foster not not crazy ben foster Mm. which can be good but it's yeah it's kind of almost like he's typecast to just be crazy now sometimes. And mm. uh, this is definitely more like quiet and emotional. There's like a very naturalistic style here. It's almost a lot of handheld camera in the woods. There was one part where I actually looked kind of bad, but only one part. So, uh, mm. yeah, it's got a it's got a nice little emotional core. All the performances are great. This is, uh, this is like one of the best movies of the year. Four and a half out of five. Nice. Go see it. What uh, what kept it from uh, from a five? Just like there's an aspect of the like inciting incident that doesn't really make sense or hold up, and this one part where I think like Deborah Granick just like fucked up and it made it look shitty and just left it in, uh-huh. and it's it's very distracting. So it didn't. I don't know. Maybe it's also just like not blow your mind enough to be a five out of five this is it's like a very it's not a very ambitious movie okay it's it's just like a super fucking good movie nice <laughs> <laughs> okay so i rewatched the adventures of tin tin directed by steven subilberg and i believe Peter Jackson's company Weto did the animation for it. And the screenplay was written by Stephen Moffat, Edgar Wright, and Joe Cornish. And it's the first time I saw it since the theater. And I remember I'm pretty sure this was the last movie that I saw in 3D before I just decided I can't do this anymore. Yeah. 
Because, like, for one thing, like, already wearing glasses and then trying to put on the 3D glasses, like, it just gives right. me a migraine. And then, like, so, like, in this one, Daniel Craig's character um, has a cane and he swings it around a lot. So, it like, there's, like, a cane that's coming out, out at your face. And it's like, mm, <laughs> this is not what I need. And, but yeah, I think that the animation is actually really, really good. Um, like, it doesn't try, I don't feel it tr- tries too hard to look like the real world, but it still looks very, very good. You know, it's just very, very good animation. I like the voice acting in it a lot. Um, Daniel Craig and Andy Circus do really well in this. My biggest problem with it is that it's really long. It's like an hour 45, and it's like, all right, it's only skip an to hour, the end. It's only an hour and 45? Yeah. I mean, when you look at the two people like in charge of this thing, that's incredible. Yeah. Like Steven Spielberg, when was the last time he made a 100-minute movie? Good question. When was the last time Peter Jackson made a movie less than three hours long? <laughs> 90, probably probably the last one. 94? Yeah. 97? I mean, I'm exaggerating. I know The Lovely Bones wasn't three hours long, but that was way longer than it should have been. <laughs> Can't argue with you there. Um But yeah, like like a lot of like a lot of like really cool action sequences and um you know, like interesting sort of adult moments that don't get too adult. Um, but yeah, just long plot is kind of convoluted and yeah, just yeah, three and a half. (laughs) (laughs) It's like I'm looking, I'm like trying to find words to like, just, you know, like other words, like, it's long and it's kind of convoluted and like you know didn't really hold my attention that that well and you know it's got a lot of th- a lot of things going for it but there are a lot of good names involved with that I really like yeah, Stephen Moffat yeah. I like Joe Cornish yeah you know I like I like all of those people when they're doing you know when they're at their best yeah including Spielberg and Jackson yeah we just haven't seen their best in a in a minute what would you say is um any of their any of their best like like what's in your Shit. Spielberg's best um you know Jaws is probably the best one I'm with that I mean it's just or you know actually I might go Raiders of the Lost Ark in John in John's words that's going on the list he hasn't seen Jaws I know and it's which, it blows my mind yeah like we, like we need to we need to at this point probably, probably. Yeah. It's like it's like me with uh uh, I can't even think of the name of it. Never mind. <laughs> uh, can we put Jaws two on the list instead? Just you know, oh, like God. you're Why? an asshole. You haven't watched this forever, so we're gonna force you to sit through the second one. Then you can go back and get uh, the good one. No, <laughs> that, no. yeah, I don't want to force myself through that. No, thank. You. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, I think. Uh, uh, Close Encounters is pretty good. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I I, I, I think he has good movies, and I, I think yeah. a lot of the seventies and eighties stuff is good. I don't yeah. I don't love all of it. Like I don't love E. T. But I, I do love, love I love E. T. Like last time I saw E. T. I was twenty three, 
and I bawled my eyes out for like a good fifteen <laughs> minutes. Like I just came unglued. I've never really liked it that much. It's okay. Uh, I I love Reese's Pieces. <laughs> it's my it's my favorite candy. And, you know, and I sometimes I wonder is it my favorite candy because I know it was on in my house a lot, but whether that's the reason or not, I eat the shit out of Reese's Pieces. Right. So damage is done. Mm. So now I'm fat because of Reese's Pieces. Nothing else. Interesting. All right. Speaking of Spielberg. Yep. Yeah. Let's do it. Ready Player One. I watched this thing. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna say like I didn't. I didn't hate this movie at all. I really didn't. Um, I just don't really. The nostalgia is so far gone. It's like it's. I don't even. It, 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 they made it make sense, though. I'll give them that. They made the nostalgia make sense. Yeah, they they had to bend over backwards to do so. Yeah, but it's it wasn't for nostalgia's sake. I'll give it that. It. I mean, it kind of was, but it, it's like it was for one character's yeah. nostalgia's sake. Like <laughs> but, but the guy was, that created this world. But he was the creator of the world. So, yeah. I don't know. There are things about this movie that make it hard to hate. Uh. It's because, I mean, the movie's not really, not good. it's not good, but the movie's, it's not serious. I mean, you can't, this, no. yeah, this movie is not taking itself seriously. Uh-uh. I, I made a little note here. I think it's Spielberg's most fun movie since Catch Me If You Can, which is like 15, 16 years old at this point. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also, it's also it, two and a half hours long. It was two and a half hours long, but I... I didn't reach for my phone. Not gonna. I didn't. I, nice. I watched it. <laughs> Very nice. So it was. I mean, I feel like it was paced pretty well, and like, you know, maybe a few hiccups there here and there. But like, yeah, it's. I mean, it's cheap though. It's got the. It's got the. You know, collect the three keys, and it's got the video game. Oh, archetype, absolutely. You know what I mean, so I mean, it's like. Cause so, yeah, you, but you it gets wanna, around that though, because yeah. it's in a video game. Yeah, it's. You want to see what happens? Like, right. Okay, when he gets all three keys, what what's gonna happen? You know, that's like, sometimes it looks shitty, but they get around that because it's in a video yeah, game. <laughs> and video games can look shitty sometimes. Yeah. It's fine. I, so, like, the, ki- <laughs> the kid who lives in this, like, elevated trailer park, like, is he a video game character? No. He, I mean, he goes in, like, he's got his virtual reality right, right, right. avatar. Okay. Uh, it's, he's, it's like he's self, got like a yeah. system of friends that he plays oh, okay, with. Okay. It's like cell phones at this point in, in this right, in this right. future where everyone everyone's like has one. Everyone's linked into this okay. game. There are much. really weird points in the film where you'll see someone walking or driving down the street, looking out of a window, or just looking at the people they're passing. And those people yeah. are they have they have their headsets <laughs> on and they're just the like street. walking or punching, <laughs> like because people just like put this shit on. I, I don't know, just in the outside where people can yeah. rob them or just run into them and they can hurt themselves. Yeah. The VR rules sometimes didn't make sense to me. Like, hmm. Especially the movement. Like, okay, there's certain parts where, like, the characters are, like, strung up. And I'm like, okay, like, they're, like, connected. And they're, like, the, all their movements. And then there's other scenes where, yeah, he's, like, none of that's on him. And he's just, like, sitting in a chair. Or, like, the like the main bad guy is sitting in a chair. I, it. 
And then there's other parts where he has a full body suit. At one point, he, like, gets enough money to buy, like, a full body suit with, like, like feely stuff all over it. You know, like, it's, uh, yeah. The, the feely <laughs> stuff was weird because yeah. you feel pain. Yeah. And why would you want to feel why pain? Is, why is that fun? <laughs> and, like, the bad guy, the bad guy wears that, too. It's like, dude, you're a bad guy. Everyone wants to punch you in the balls. Yeah. And guess what? It gets, happens. Or he gets punched or kicked in the balls or whatever. There's a nut shot. <laughs> and it, it's... It, <laughs> It, I don't even, I don't know. It kept my attention because I didn't know what the fuck I was watching. Right. It's just a, it's madness. So, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess you didn't read this book. No, no. Uh, I didn't either. And, you know, I, I wouldn't always ask that. I've been told to about 300 that, times. See, but I'm thinking no. I'm, no, I'm good. I'm yeah. thinking yeah. enough people have told me to read this. And now that I know like what, and now that I know that's just built on 80s nostalgia, I would... I would just be sitting there reading and be like, "Oh, there's a reference. There's oh, great Blade Runner. Oh, great Mario." Like, yeah, I fucking I would hate that. And I, d- I didn't love it in this movie. I would definitely hate reading a book that's yeah. just spot the reference. Yeah, that's, and I also read about the plot of the book, the like quests he goes on. They don't sound nearly as fun. Really, <laughs> N- not nearly. Nice. I think the big question is like, w- could this movie stand on its own without all the nostalgia? Could you make just take out all of the nostalgia and just make a video game like an, an Oasis world? No, because it would yeah. just be like stock, boring, stupid video game, yeah. and no, one, no yeah. one would give a shit. I, I think too, like what it sounds like is this would be like some other version of like the island or some other you know some other like utopia kind of thing, like like Tron ut- type thing. Yeah, like, like playing the game. But yeah, it's or like, real. <laughs> yeah, or like you know, you know, soil and green as people, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> like I've, I've, it sounds like if you took the nostalgia away, like that's that's or like like that episode of uh, Black Mirror where like you like you work enough and you get enough tokens to do whatever, and you know you can get on like a TV show and stuff, and you know insanity ensues from there because it's black mirror but you know i haven't seen that but yeah i mean it, i i think away if you take this the nostalgia away it just becomes any number of other uh, things that have already been done before right. um and because even with the nostalgia they're still just like you know the characters mostly suck they're they're not well developed there's mm-hmm. really like a weird like white guy savior issue going on here uh, um oh yeah like the, the like it, it's weird. It's, like the girls it's the, out of control. The girls like Ouch. defer to the white yeah. guy. Like, no, you deserve it. You're the best. It's it's strange. And then like, <laughs> there's honestly, it's, there's just like, if I saw this in the theater, I I, I would have thought there was too much going on in certain Definitely. parts of the a video game where there's just like so much shit clogging right. up the screen. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of data. Yeah, I mean, it just, just it looks like that just from hours. the trailers. Yeah, yeah. Like there's yeah. the there's the the what well, the first challenge is like a race or whatever, and uh, shit just goes insane. Like there's like crashes, there, and I'm just thinking like, good god, like how, how like the man hours that went into making this, like ugh, it must have been like a sweatshop. Like it's just like right. Was it worth it? I, I don't like. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I don't know. Like I like that people have been trying that race for years. And, and yeah, no really? One, 
Yeah, it was like it. it was like yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah, like no one figured this out. No one's gotten past <laughs> Kong, but and barely anyone gets to Kong. And I like it looked hard. It looked hard. And I know saying no one gets to Kong in a race that doesn't make sense if you haven't seen the movie. No, it <laughs> makes well. No one gets to Kong. Well, here's the thing. Like, I'm wondering: is it King Kong or is it Donkey Kong? It's King, King. Kong. That makes less sense. I agree. It's not fully 80s nostalgia. It's because not. Because the most heinous thing in this movie is the shining part. Are you serious? I don't even know See, what... I, I, I thought that part maybe looked the best. Because it's like the only oh, part granted. where they just like let the shining set be the shining set. It looked just cramming great, it full of shit. But I feel like, dude, Steven Spielberg, do you have any respect for anything I, I like are you just no he doesn't but that's I, I think that's the one in the book where they uh i felt they like that's to, definitely in the book no the shining really? is is totally created by whoever wrote this movie wow. um there's it's either i think i think it's the one where in the book they have to like go into the the rush like twenty one twelve or something land and like restore <laughs> Something there. So you go from Ayn Rand to The Shining? How does that work? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Uh, the, the, the second level ba- basically is... I'm not going to describe everything, but they go into The Shining. And... I just don't even... I don't even know. Like, like the, blood, the, the blood elevator scene happens, and one, the, the, one of the main characters gets whisked away by the blood. And it's... It, it's just it, there's just no respect for anything. Like it's like you almost have to see this. You have to see this if you get a chance. Watch this movie. <laughs> it's I don't want to, but I do at the same time. Know. It's just crazy. It's craziness. I mean, he can do whatever he wants. I, don't, I mean, you know, it's his decision. <laughs> well, I mean, supposedly but the two Jesus. of them were friends, so like I'm, you know, but dude. Um, <sighs> Yeah, I. Uh, it just felt really random. Like it, you mm-hmm. have all this, like we've got the Akira bike and we've got King Kong and we got you know just funny, happy stuff, whatever. Right. And it's just, I don't know. Like if it was like Friday the Thirteenth or something, you know what I mean? It'd be like, you oh, know, yeah, what, what the fuck ever. Because like, isn't Freddy and Jason in there too somewhere? They I thought are. I saw him in the so, trailer. Uh, J- yeah, but that's that's like Jason's in there, but that's like someone dressed their avatar to look like Jason. Oh. Yeah. Which is that's like one of those things that doesn't make a lot of sense because again, whoever is playing as Jason doesn't have that, you know, eighties and nineties nostalgia because this takes place in like twenty forty or yeah. something. And they say like, Oh, I like the oh, that's the Akira bike. I'm like, what you're like you were born like 10, 15 years ago, to like but the, eighteen years ago, like. <laughs> but the person who says that, they're a. It's like fifty years ago at this point. Like, <laughs> they're, yeah, they're a Halliday scholar, and apparently Halliday liked everything that was cool or like subversive cool in the eighties. Yeah, and a Halliday is Mark Rylance because it's a Steven Spielberg movie. Yeah, and they're married. I, I again, I just don't, I don't understand why they put The Shining in there. It makes no sense. Like, oh, it's a scary, so, scary movie. I, um, like, I don't know. Right. I, I'm, now, I'm looking at what they do in the book for this to get this key. And uh, <laughs> I'm glad they switched it to something. Because it's, it's worse <laughs> than what I said. Apparently what I said is the third key. Uh, they have to collect some tra- treasures and trophies. And then the player must blow the Cap'n Crunch 
boson whistle, which is located inside a box of Cap'n Crunch cereal in the White House. Uh, <laughs> so the Shining nostalgia might be better yeah, than uh, Cap'n, Cap'n Crunch nostalgia. Uh, never mind, you're fine. You're fine <laughs> Holy shit. I d- it just, oh. you know, I'm. this is such a popular book. It blows my mind. My wife has read this book. She doesn't like sci-fi or the 80s nostalgia stuff. It's weird. What, she's read it. It's weird what catches oh, on, though. Like, like when the the Fifty Shades books are a great example. Those books, as shitty as I've heard that they are, they got a lot of people who don't read to read. Be- but there's sex in those books. Yeah. And that's like people like the feeling that it gives them. Yeah. Of, yeah. You know, horniness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, this, this from, gives you nothing. What does this give? What does this give a normal person? I don't. I don't, I don't know. Well, a nerdgasm. <laughs> but if, but that if you have no attachment, I don't know. yeah, maybe I don't know. Like, like okay, the big battle at the end. I'm like watching all the people run at the, at the, whatever. It's just like a huge, just like a Lord of the Rings battle, and uh, and I'm just like looking at all the characters. I'm like, oh, there's Chun Li. That's cool, but it's like. Yeah, it's like my mom watched this. She would get nothing out of this movie. Right. You have to be like 20 to 40. <laughs> and you have to have like been keyed into like video game or movie culture. Oh, seriously. Even if you're 13, I, I don't even see. Uh, what would a 13 year old get out of this? They're not yeah, going to get. Yeah. Th- they're just going to get. Explosions. Over, yeah, overstuffed visual explosions. That's. Yeah. I mean, and that must be. I, they should Minecraft I don't for a know. second. Maybe that's a. That's like yeah, that's like a kids, quick thing in the very them. beginning. Right. <laughs> that was Steven Spielberg's like one, yeah, like olive branch to young yeah, viewers. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I gave this a two. Um, didn't hate it. Not gonna not gonna bash it over overtly, but it's like it's just I don't I don't get it. I don't know. Right. I gave it a two and a half for the same reason. I just I'm like it's right shoots right down the middle with like just enough fun stuff to keep me entertained while being just uh, dumb as brick. Yeah, it's you just know? dumb. It's just it is the ultimate popcorn movie. Right. Like it's just dumb as fuck. But yeah. Yeah. All right. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsored by Ready Player One. Oh, I will Parker. take that money. Hell yeah. Oh, I got to look this up. I got to see how much money money this fucking thing made. It, it, I think it made some. Probably not. You know, my guess is one seventy domestic. Um, the, the Wizard of Oz. Holy fuck! Okay, I've been sitting here for fifteen minutes trying to think of this fucking movie. <laughs> I want to say Alice in Wonderland. So bad. The Wizard of fucking Oz. I have not seen the Wizard of Oz. It's like John not seeing Jaws. What's wrong with your parents? At no, at this. They didn't love you? No, not really. At this point in time, I feel that, like, I haven't seen The Wizard of Oz. What's, what's the fucking point? I'm not going out of my way to see this movie. I've seen, like, enough snippets and stuff. to I, I got it. I don't need to watch it. But I feel like that's that's John's thing with Jaws. Wow. That was that was killing me. I'm glad you got that off your chest, though. Like, yeah. It's like, Alice in Wonderland. It's not Alice in Wonderland. Get the, it's not Alice in Wonderland. Like, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, yeah, this made uh, five hundred eighty-two million uh, domestic or world. It just says box office. Okay, let's see. Click on the six. 
It's like that's way too much money. Um, I'm not looking at <laughs> it. Yeah, that, it made a lot of money. It, the budget was only well, only, but it was 175 million. I'm sure, uh, 135 was CG. Mm. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a, a little quick hit of a movie. I just I've. I just hate it so much and I want everyone to know that it's the worst and make sure you never watch this movie because it is currently number 39 on IMDb's top 250 list which also means you're not seven don't look at the IMDb top 250 list (laughs) (laughs) Um, very unreliable this is called the in the intouchables not untouchables intouchables Uh, it's directed by uh Two white French dudes. I don't know. <laughs> they are. I'm not never going to know their names anymore. Actually, I will learn their names so I don't watch anything else they make. Um, <laughs> this is uh, a movie about two racist stereotypes um, who get thrown into a work partnership. One is uh, a caretaker and one is a crippled person that needs a caretaker. One's white and one's black. And... Uh, One's which rich and one's poor. You can probably guess which one. Um, it's a. Uh, that's all they are. They're just stereotypes. They're collections of stereotypes. You know, the white guy's rich and uptight. The black guy's poor and loose, and he like, you know, hits on and openly harasses women, because you know he's a black guy, and that's what all black guys do. Um, what you was know, this made? 2011. Jesus. Gross, and you know it's like messages like the white guy can loosen up a little bit, the black guy can learn to take some responsibility. Um, <laughs> Good God! And uh, fuck this movie because that's all it is. Oh Jesus! It's like the, it's just, it's a fucking disaster. Intouchables. I, I've never heard of this. And it, people love this movie. People love this movie. I don't understand. Fuck, I thought that was Robert De Niro. It's like, not. Look at this. It's not Robert look De Niro. Uh, I can see it's it. It's like if I did like that, that's Robert De Niro. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've never I've never heard of this. So, yeah. This is my public service announcement. Just uh, don't fucking watch this. Cool. Right. And if you do, just don't tell me that you like it. Right? Yeah. Even if you like it, just never tell me. Right. Um. Uh, one out of five. And that's probably that's too generous. It's a it's a it's a one out of ten. Ugh. So that doing math, that's a point five out of five. Right. <laughs> right that's it. Yep. So, I rewatched uh, the Thin Red Line. And there we go. I'm disappointed, Kevin. I knew you would be. Oh no. <laughs> What'd you do? What'd you do, Kevin? Uh, I gave it a three and a half because it's way too long. No, come on, man. It's too long, and it's like how, how would fucking you, Jim Caviezel's how, accent. How Jesus. You, how would you make this shorter? How would you make this movie shorter? You would uh, shorten the scene where the where the guy gets the letter from no, uh, no. Eowyn. And uh, no, you can't do that. Yeah, you can because it's character it's building. <laughs> character building for like five minutes of just this dude getting kicked in the balls emotionally, and uh, look, uh, this is my favorite war movie. Terrence Malick's cultural contract states that peak, peak <laughs> Terrence Malick, 
peak Terrence Malick is not subject to the common runtime rules. He gets, I he gets as long as he wants. I borderline hate this man at this point. Like his last right. few movies make me want to die. Yeah. But uh, th- this but is this is a five. So that's the contract does not cover those movies. That's Just, true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is a five for me. Uh, easy, uh, but uh, I, I, I just thought like, like the whole, the whole like end sequence with the, you know, the other battle where they're coming down the stream or the river or whatever. It's like, okay, like that, that could have been cut. Uh, yeah, like what? pretty much. No, that's the lead at the end. <sighs> yeah, that's the lead up to the. <sighs> No, you. Why would you cut that? That may, then would make no sense. The movie would make no sense because twenty because twenty <laughs> minutes after a long ass battle. Oh, here's another battle, and Jim Caviezel dies, and it's like, well, isn't that a right, good well, thing? That's literally the. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like, also like it's the climax I, of the film. <laughs> honestly, I well, honestly, I could have just done without Jim Caviezel's character. You know, like. Oh my god! You know him. You know, okay, we just like. What are, are you that. like? Are you one of those Adrian Brody truthers? You want that version of the no. film? No, no. Like, God, half, no. Halfway, th- halfway through, I, f- I forgot he was even in it. Like, so did Terrence, thought, so did Terrence Malick. Apparently, <laughs> Caviezel is amazing in this thing. I absolutely love him in this movie, and I don't like him very much at all. No, uh, I, I. He's so aloof and just like. But that's the, that's the thing that I don't I, like. Like to me, he's a stereotype character of like some guy who you know he sees the world differently. He he doesn't fit in with this modern world, and he doesn't want to kill people. Well, I think that's and it's like that's the entire point of this movie. Yeah, though. and it's supposed to be like <sighs> we we've just chosen like this one guy to follow, but you get the sense that like. A lot of the guys feel this way internally, but cannot. Yeah, show that. I, 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 I wouldn't even say that. I would say it's it's a basic human. It's like the entire movie is like basic human dread about death, and like he's he's overcome that. Like he he's gonna face death with no fear, and that's that's the entire point of the movie. And you, if you cut out anything, <laughs> you lose all of that, and then, then there's no fucking point to the movie. Then it's just another war movie. But you, can, I mean, you cannot. I mean, it's fine if you don't like it. I'm just I'm just saying. Like, yeah, I mean. It, it, that's the crux of the movie. I get what you're saying. I just like watching the movie. For me, I don't get that from his character. I don't think it follow. It, like mm. it doesn't follow him enough. Like you know, I think like yeah. Narration aside, like Nick Nolte's character and Elias Katias's character, like those, I think are the more interesting characters to follow. I was about to free, like. Whenever you say Elias's name, I don't know where you're going. I just get real <laughs> nervous. So Nolte though. Nolte was great in this movie. He, yes. he is. He's great. Yes. Yeah. And his, um, I love his voice. It's one of my favorite voiceovers. They're all great. It, it's a, yeah. <laughs> you guys. No, you need to like, you need to pay for your sins. You need to get on the last day of the criterion sale. You need to go buy it <laughs> right now and say, you're sorry. Is this the first time you've seen this? No, it's like the second time. Okay. I've seen this. No, the first movie, time I I'm saw kidding. this, I was, I was like still in college. Yeah. So first time I watched this, Hated it. Second time, hated it. Third time, it was okay. Fourth time, it was okay. <laughs> it t- it literally took like five times. So I'm like, I, 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 I put a lot of man out. I'm not kidding, dude. I have seen this movie so many fucking times, and it's just like, it has grown on me. I think that 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 has a lot to do with it. 
So lock yourself in your room and Stockholm Syndrome yourself <laughs> into liking this movie. <laughs> exactly. So that we can all get along. This is coming from the guy who gave Lawrence of Arabia four and a half. Talk to the hand because the face don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> okay, so four and a half with a little orange heart. Okay. <laughs> That little heart counts for something. I, I just think that this movie... Does it count for half a star? Does it? No. The thin red line, it, it, ju- it just it encapsulates that, 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 that fear and death of, of death and, and, and war. That like, I, I, I don't see it in any other movies. Like, you have like Saving Private Ryan. I, you know, it's watching people's legs get blown off. It doesn't give you that, like, that dread that just like, you're going to die. You know, it's just, I, I don't know. Saving Private Ryan gets the point across that war is hell. Yeah. But right, it does not right. give you the existential shit that yeah, this movie does. Exactly. Yeah. Have you seen Paths of Glory? Yes. That does it. That, that does. I mean, that's that's Kubrick. So it's, you know, <laughs> it, it's good. That doesn't bump that. I, I, li- I really like Paths of Glory, but like the fact that it's, you know, like we're, 80, we're also talking to the guy who gave Full Metal Jacket too. So. Which I stand by. You're not allowed to talk. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> no, just kidding. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Uh, I didn't realize I hated you this much. But, yeah. <laughs> well, you're making a good I'm, argument. I'm, I'm, glad I could, I'm glad I could clear things up for you. Uh, How about that soundtrack? Yeah? Uh, gotta be honest. I didn't notice it that much. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. When you lock yourself in your room, you'll find <laughs> out that it's good. <laughs> I like this now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just i just i just i just don't get what you think you, it's overrated well i mean that's that's you, subjective you must, but yeah well i mean i don't know of like a lot of like you know i haven't seen this on like any like big lists it's more just you guys talking about mm. it you know as we've talked over the last you know months almost a year that we've been doing yeah, doing yeah. the podcast. So, but yeah, I mean, it's certainly not bad. Like, there are a lot of things that are really good about it. I just think, like, it could have been, like, okay, so if you, like, keep, like, the last sequence, like, just tighten it up in a couple of places and keep, you know, and keep keep that there and, like, prop, you know, stick with Caviezel a little more because, like, I, I feel like I, I can't even remember the guy's name. The guy with, um... The guy with like the heavy eyebrows who like volunteers when Nolte's like we need jo- we need you to go back up the hill. The the guy who's um, I've seen it like seven times. I can't tell you. <laughs> yeah, the, the um, you know, like he's the one, the guy who's dreaming about his wife the entire time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, like or like like follow like follow him because like you know, I thought he, I thought he was more interesting like. Like, yeah, I was just turned against Caviezel's character, like, from the beginning, because, you know, because he's a... You think he's, he's a coward? Dis- no, it's not that. It's just, like, <laughs> it just it just felt so pretentious. Like, when like when he, like, when they pick him up off yeah. the island and Sean Penn is talking to him, and he's, you know, just giving him, giving him that look, like, I'm better than you because I understand what the universe is about, man. It felt really like I, I, it felt really hippy dippy for it, me. It, it is. Uh, I, I yes. love that interaction though with Sean Penn. You just tell us Sean Penn, she's <laughs> like, "You fucking pussy!" Like, what are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> that was another guy who's really good in this. Sean Penn. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So all I'm hearing about is how good everyone is. 
Why isn't that score going up? <laughs> <laughs> when I lock myself in my room and <laughs> I can't even really lock myself in a room in the bathroom. In this place. Run a few extension I mean, cords. Can we just <laughs> yeah, right. House isn't that big. Can we just lock him at the house? Yeah. Just deliver food every once in a while. <laughs> Got to meet your quota. Five views in the next week. <laughs> <laughs> but that brings up a good question. It's only Jonathan. 15 hours. Like, if you saw it once and you hated it, why'd you decide to watch it again? Um, it is interesting. Uh, this is going to be pretentious as fuck. Mm. But uh, I watched it twice. I think I watched it the first time. I like Maybe it was on TV. Mm-hmm something i don't know early 2000s uh watched it again with john when we uh, moved in together um didn't care for it that much either i don't think he did either and then the third time i rewatched it because it came out on criterion or uh, maybe the blu-ray came out whatever the new one is uh, right the new the newest release uh watched it again liked it a little bit and then i uh was at lsu and some guy was giving a lecture about like something about like sound design and uh, war movies. I'm talking about Apocalypse Now, blah blah blah. And he was also like studying a lot of Heidegger and stuff, uh, philosophy. And uh, he was like, "Yeah, if you like that." And I I, I study philosophy in uh, in college. Uh, and yeah, they all they all talked about like Heidegger and all of his whatnot all of his existential shit and uh and this movie and i was like oh that sounds pretentious as fuck i'm gonna watch it again and so i watched it again and I, I saw a lot of stuff and i was like oh wow like a lot of this shit makes sense like makes a little bit more sense now and i don't know it just kind of grew on me from there from there and uh yeah so i should read heidegger then lock myself then in my room in stockholm center yes. myself okay that'll help all right <laughs> this is a sound plan i like this plan for yeah. for you but yeah yeah, yeah. And apparently Malik was like a translator. I think he translated a lot of Heidegger or something in the 80s during his hiatus before okay. this movie. He so seems like that kind of guy. A lot of that bled into this. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Right. But now he's lost his mind. So uh, Sure has. Anyway, yeah. I guess he's Stockholm Syndrome Way himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, oh, uh, we're skipping you. I'm sorry. I got nothing <laughs> left. Yeah. Sorry. All right. Let's... Uh, what did I not do yet? This is my last one. Okay. Uh, this morning I watched uh, The Baby of Macone, which is a Peter Greenaway movie from the early 90s. Are you guys familiar with Greenaway? Mm. I saw that you had rated one of his movies, and then I looked up whatever, what else he had done on Letterboxd, and I don't think I've seen anything else. Anything? I don't think I've seen anything that he did, but I did see that Martin Freeman was in a movie that he did about Rembrandt. And that movie is very good called Night Watching. But uh, I think his most famous movie is probably The Cook, The Thief, His Wife and Her Lover. Which I remember seeing that at Blockbuster. Yeah, that was like a that was like a <laughs> 90s thing. It was like his only movie to really catch on here because it like, you know, it's like grotesque and there's nudity and it's uh, but it's like it's really it's just weird. All those movies are pretty weird. He's a he's a painter also, and from like the mid '80s on, he's been designing a lot of his movies to look like paintings. He builds these giant sets and then just fills them with dozens of actors at a time, usually, hmm. and they don't 
like the way it sounds it kind of sounds like it would be stagey like a play but it is it's not it's very mm. it's very visual uh and this baby in macone is just uh is is fucked up <laughs> it's just fucked up uh julia ormond ormond i don't know what her name and ray fines are the the main people and like it, it's this this whole town's infertile and there's like a famine and one person has a baby uh and then julie armand takes like claims the baby even though she didn't have it <laughs> and starts like uh you know she uses the baby to like go bless people so that their food will grow and stuff like that and then ray finds is a like a son of a bishop and he wants to take the baby so that the baby's in the care of the church and it's just uh all that stuff is like normal fucked up and then there are some deaths and things go wrong and there is a sentencing of a crime that the the sentence involves a lot of uh uh rape and we end up like not seeing how this plays out but hearing it and like seeing like the rest of the town as it's going on and uh, much like Irreversible or some of these other movies that are just like have these fucking horrifying uh, and uncomfortable scenes in the middle of what is uh, usually a good or I think Irreversible is a good movie. Um, that's how this this whole like 25 minute ending is just like the most uncomfortable thing I've sat through in a long time. Jeez. Uh, and it's good. Mm. <laughs> it's just it's super fucked and it's uh, it's horrifying. This is by far the darkest movie he's ever made that I've seen. So uh, I would definitely go check out The Cook, The Thief, His Wife, and Her Lover because it's funny and gross. <laughs> um, and then he's got like a lot of experimental stuff from the early 80s and 70s that's generally pretty good. But a bunch of his stuff is available for free on, um, well, free if you pay for Amazon Prime. Ah. So it's Hell pretty yeah. accessible. Uh, this is a four out of five, but it, if, if this was my introduction to Peter Greenaway, I I would have uh, probably not gone back to that well. But yeah. Right, so I'm out. Quick aside. Most fucked up movie you can think of that you've seen. I think Irreversible is on my list. Maybe Enter the Void is also. Um, that I've seen? Or mm-hmm. that I... Okay. Or, or heard of. There is a horror movie that I always forget the name of. starts with like a B. Begotten. Begotten. That is it. Is it? Yeah. yeah. That one's pretty fucked. That, that, that shit gave me nightmares when I was a kid. Oh, okay. Uh, they, it, there was like a trailer for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I wasn't a kid. I was like 14. But uh, <laughs> I, this shit gave me nightmares. Uh, there was a trailer right. for kid. it on the DVD for Shadow of the Vampire. Yeah, it's the same oh, uh, yeah. same director. Okay, yeah. There's a trailer for it, and dude, oh my god. It, I watched the trailer over and over again. I was like, what is this? Because like, it doesn't... It, it feels like... It feels like this horror... Black, it, it's like the horrifying thing in a horror movie. Like, it reminds me of, like, the Ring video. Like, yes. where it's, like, that low quality, but also feels that like real yeah it's like just so dark and touch the tv like you're gonna it's gonna come out of the it's fucking scary as fuck it is but watching it now it's still pretty disturbing but it's yeah it's definitely it's still very unpleasant yeah right i get no joy out of watching that right say like antichrist for me was pretty 
gross. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, Irreversible is, uh, I don't know, difficult to watch for me personally. No, um, yeah. yeah. I know The Void wasn't as bad as I re- remember it being when I rewatched it. Didn't you guys, was that a deep dive? It was. That was yeah, a deep dive. It, was. okay. it, it wasn't yeah. nearly as jarring as I remember it being. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, but I remember John watched uh, Irreversible not too long ago. I haven't seen that in years, and when oh, I yeah. I've only seen it once, and it was it was not enjoyable. I, yeah, I don't, for me, <laughs> it's not one of those movies where I like I can't wait to watch it again because <laughs> like it just it starts fucked and gets more fucked, and the the ending slash beginning just by virtue of not being fucked makes it more fucked. Right. The yeah. Yeah. What yeah? What about you? I. I'd still have to say solo because just yeah, just by virtue a- just by <laughs> virtue of what it is, yeah. like it's literally based on a book called 120 Days of Sodom. Yeah, I mean the from what I've read, the book is actually like way way worse, but but still like just you know, just the idea that you know four dudes know that they're about to go down, so they're they just decide to live the literally the most heinous lives they can possibly live. And, like, I get, like, a lot of uh, Pasolini's, like, inferences and stuff. Like, like apparent, like you know, there's one scene where they're literally eating shit. Um, and, like, that was, like, that was him. Supposedly that was him decrying, like, canned food. <laughs> and, you know. Yeah, sure, like, sure, bro. Like. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if the <laughs> might have gone a little over the top there. That's that's my feeling too. It's like okay, I get what you're going for, but that's like, like, this goes beyond what I still have to watch it. You know, like yeah, I mean it's it's I, I mean <laughs> like, it's, uh, it's kind of a I'm good. kind of a thing, I guess. But uh, but yeah, just you know, just yeah, it's just it's literally just fucked up on top of fucked up, and like just goes as far as it can go. Does the library still have a copy of that? I'll have to look. Not, I don't want to check it out. Well, no. I I've, mean, well, you could always I've, get it on the Criterion Blu-ray, which yeah. you know the Criterions There's, are still when, on sale. When they announced that they were going to put that on Blu-ray, I was like, "That's the that's the one in the back catalog." Because like, like yeah. they did that pretty early into to their Blu-ray production. Yeah, and I was like, S- "Are they just trolling us?" That's yeah. the the movie no one wants. To, like, if you bought it once, you don't want to buy that one again. A lot of these movies walk the thin line, you know, like the transgression type stuff and it's i I don't really get it i mean i understand what they're going for but i it's not enjoyable to watch and not it doesn't have to be enjoyable but it's i don't know i would prefer it to be enjoyable (laughs) you know if i had to choose yeah just 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 because like i mean there's challenging and then there's just being like transgressive for yeah yeah its own sake yeah solo is one that i definitely have a hard time appreciating I, yeah, yeah. Then there's like uh, I guess seen. I felt like possession was like we we did a deep dive on that. A few oh yeah, ago. yeah. I felt like that was transgressive to a to a degree, but I felt like it was it wasn't like over over the, the top. Yeah, it's also, I mean, it wasn't. I mean, so it's over the top. In it, some it is. It is over the top. But yeah, it's yeah. not like I don't know. They they couch like a really uncomfortable, disgusting thing, and like the idea of silly sci-fi also. Yeah. Like with yeah, the yeah, yeah. Alien is an alien, right? 
or is it or just like a some weird manifestation thing? of okay. evil or something? Yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever. That 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 whole like thing struck me as silly, which is like you know yeah. a nice counterweight to how horrifying it gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you guys seen uh, Stray Stray Dog? Is it? Am I saying that? Straw Dogs. Straw Dogs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry, Stray Dog is a Kurosawa movie. Um, I've seen, seen both. Yeah. 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 Uh, I remember thinking Straw Dogs was very uncomfortable for like that one, for, you know, the one scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause that's really like a perfect example of like, I mean, it is rape, but then it isn't. It's, it's definitely rape. It's, and yeah. then it's complicated <laughs> yeah. emotionally for a minute, which a lot of people hate. A lot of people do yeah, not yeah. like that decision. Yeah, yeah. I and I, I think Peck and Paw knew exactly what he was doing there. For sure. But yeah. uh, and then it of course gets you know uncomplicated again. Yeah. You know, five seconds later. But that's uh that is not pleasant to watch. No. But the rest of that movie I find really good. I think that's Peck and Paw's best. Easy. I think that's insane. But it's really good. <laughs> Are you, I don't are, know. You a, are you a wild bunch man? I mean, yeah, but I'm right. definitely a wild bunch man. I'm. I love, I love Peck and Paw. You know, mm-hmm. I don't. My favorite Peck and Paw changes sometimes. Maybe. <laughs> I love. I like Bring Me the Head. Mm. I love the Bout of Cable Hogue. I haven't just, seen that one. Just equal opportunity, Peck and Paw. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, is that it? Uh, you got some more, don't you? Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'll just go. I'll just go through these real quick. Sweet. Um, speaking of pretentious, I watched <laughs> Jim and Andy: The Great Beyond. This documentary about Jim Carrey as he, quote unquote, became Andy Kaufman. And my biggest problem with it throughout the entire thing is how, like, Jim Carrey. You know, he says that Andy Kaufman took over, that Tony Clifton took over. And it's like, dude, if you had done anything resembling thorough research of Andy Kaufman, you would you would know <laughs> it was a work. He was working people. This was a long, continuing Gag. Gag, yeah. <laughs> like, and, you know, like, obvious, obviously on the podcast, you know, I talk a lot about wrestling. And in particular, like, there's this, there's a scene where they're, like, I was bummed that they didn't actually talk to Jerry Lawler again. Did you watch this just to shoehorn in wrestling? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> well, I figured, like, like John like John had watched it not too long ago, and I was like, yeah, I should, yeah, yeah. I should, I should check this out. I, I, I do want to check it out as well. Yeah. But uh, but I mean uh, yeah, so, <laughs> selfishly I wanted to put yeah, but I'm I'm just uh, uh, real quick. So like, Andy Kaufman was a big wrestling fan because you know he saw it for what it was. It's a work. It's a long. It's a long continuous yeah, yeah. story that you can tell and still get people to believe in it. And so he liked the theatricality of that, and that's why he and Jerry Lawler in real life were actually good friends. So for for Jim Carrey to just continuously be a dick to Jerry Lawler in real life while they're filming the movie. It's like, 
okay, now you're just an asshole. You're not... You are not becoming Andy. Like, like Andy's not going to come back from beyond the grave to be a shithead to his friend. Couldn't you say that Jim Carrey is just doing the same thing, though? He's just doing the long-running... But there's not... I guess. Gag. I guess. But, there's but then, like... Lawler then, doesn't actually have that relationship <laughs> with Carrie. That's true, yeah. So, he's, uh, you know, he's not about to, like, just sit back and let him be a dick. Especially true, yeah. when he's impersonating his friend, which can <laughs> that, that be would, complicated. Yeah, yeah, and that that was something I I felt like... What, was that awkward? I, f- I felt that it was really awkward. Yeah, like, I can imagine. When he's, like, around, like... When he's around, like, Jerry Lawler, Bob Zamuda you know, Andy Kaufman's friends and family, and he's pretending uh, to be Andy. That's weird. And, like, the point where, like, Andy's dad shows up, and, like, he's still in act, he's still acting like Andy. It's like, you need to stop this. You are in full control. You're just being a shithead. What, what, did, the, what did the family say? They, apparently, they found it to be, you know, a rather therapeutic experience. Which I think they were just... According to this movie. According to this movie. And, like, but, yeah, just Jim Carrey, like, you know, he's one of those guys now who's, like, you know, people don't need money to be happy. It's like, okay, Jim Carrey, if you were listening to the Film Yak podcast, send me a million dollars. If money doesn't matter, just send me a million dollars. You can afford it. A million. I mean, you're safe. You're, I, can, I can live comfortably on a million. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're not having your kids vaccinated. You're saving money there, so yeah, what a douche. Yeah, <laughs> like I I still enjoy a lot of his movies, but as a person, I'm I'm just done with Jim Carrey at this point. This documentary made me never want to see a Man on the Moon. Yeah, and I I, I sure. won't. Yeah, I won't I've never now. seen it either. So none of us have seen it. Uh, no, maybe John has. Oh wow, John. When you listen to this, tell us next time if you've seen Man. They play that fucking song at work every day. (laughs) Just want to fucking kill somebody. That REM song. Yeah, the where REM started to go down. (sighs) (laughs) I'm an automatic for the people REM fan. So, okay, now on to Billy Wilder. So I watched Stalag Seventeen, Witness for the Prosecution, Sabrina, and. Rewatched some like it hot. Billy Billy Wilder's movies fucking rule. Like, what's, what's the best out of those? Some like it hot. Uh, five. It's, it's the easy five. It's the easy answer and the probably the correct answer. Yeah. Uh, what yeah. year is that? Uh, fifty five, fifty six. Fifty nine. Whoa! Oh wow! Yeah, right before. The but department. it's a it's a it's a bre it's a breezy two hours like. Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon fucking rule in this movie. The plot is really good. All of the acting is really good. It's just super tight and well done. Like, it's... Yeah, it, it, it earns, kills. It earns that two hours. Yes. Two hours can feel long for a comedy, but it is, there's no fat. Yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all great. And let's see. Sabrina, I think this is Humphrey Bogart's best acting. Because he doesn't go on in any, like long like quippy speeches and you know he basically he's not Sam Spade in this witness for the prosecution Charles Lawton fucking kills it in this movie as does Marlena Dietrich and like 
when I was looking up Wilder's movies, I was I saw this and clicked on it and it was like Billy Wilder and Agatha Christie. Yes, please. And that was my first Wilder movie ever. Really? And I yeah. Nice. Big fan. Yeah. And Stalag Seventeen, very, very good POW movie. William Holden is awesome. And yes, yeah. what what kind of ratings were you were you throwing at all those? Let's see. So Stalag seventeen four, Witness four and a half, Sabrina four and a half, and some like it hot five. Nice. Yeah, just solid solid movies all over the place. Billy Wilder, that dude was killing it. Yes. So many movies. I'm looking at them all <laughs> right now. It's just... Yeah. haven't seen any of these except for The Apartment. Let's Sunset see. Boulevard? Wait, you haven't seen Sunset Boulevard? Uh-uh. Wow. That's Good that's stuff. another easy five. I made a list of uh, like all the all the movies I would consider for like my pick for a deep dive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I was doing that, I, I really wanted to put a bunch of Billy Water movies on there. But, you know, we only get so many deep dives. Until yeah. we die, and then, you know, I've already done the I've done the apartment, so. Yeah, top three Billy Wilder. Wilder? My top three? Yeah. <laughs> Probably the apartment. Uh, some like it hot, and maybe, nah. Let's go Sunset Boulevard. I was thinking maybe maybe the Lost Weekend, but no, nah, it's Sunset Boulevard. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, I would go. Yeah. Sunset, then prob- then some like it hot, then the apartment. I mean, he's he's got so many. There are so many good ones. The Lost yeah. Weekend is great. Double Indemnity is great. Yeah. Ace in the Hole is great. Um, yeah, there's just there's no end to the great movies. <laughs> yeah, cool. All right. When I get to the deep dive, I guess it's time. Yes. Um, and again, Teshigahara. 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 Face of another. Yes. <clears throat> I had seen this once before, like eight years ago, and I've only I've only seen his other movie, uh, Woman in the Dunes. So I'm not really super familiar with him, but. Uh, he didn't make a lot of movies. He kind of did these uh, four movies where he collaborated with uh, this Japanese author to adapt his work. Yeah. Ko- Kobo Abe. Yeah. Yeah. I've and read Woman in the Dunes, but I haven't seen the movie. Really? Yeah. I, they didn't have it at the library, so I was... Uh, <clears throat> I have it in my library. I checked out... <laughs> I looked up what they do have from Kobo Abe at the library, and I checked out his shortest book thinking for sure that must be his best book. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how, how that goes in the next few yeah. weeks. Well, Woman in the Dunes isn't very long, so... Is it 150 pages? Probably. Okay, fine. Maybe, maybe like... Fine. I don't know, maybe like 140, honestly. It's, <laughs> it's pretty short. But anyway, this movie... Yes. ...is not the book. No. It's a movie. It's a different book. <laughs> right. Made into a different movie. Yeah, so uh yeah yeah it's uh the pace of another so uh yeah it's a it's a movie about a businessman with a disfigured face 
uh, he obtains a lifelike mask from his doctor, uh, but the mask starts altering his uh, personality. It's pretty much the little synopsis they give here on uh, Letterbox, and yeah, it's that's pretty much what happens. Um, I don't know. I think that synopsis is a little misleading. Really? Well, it a little bit. Like, uh, I feel it, like it doesn't change. It's not like he becomes like some super outgoing mad ma- it's not like the mask i think for japanese culture no. he changes enough okay <laughs> um although we find out not enough to someone right but, yeah um um yeah uh so what'd you guys think i really enjoyed it kevin yeah yeah um <laughs> yeah overall i enjoyed it a lot i think it gets i think it's a little bit long starts to get a little a little too existential in parts where like they're you know like talking about things that could happen and like you know philosophizing about changes that can happen whereas like i think it would be more interesting if we actually saw those things happening there's a there's a lot of ruminating yeah, on, my, on the nature of identity here. Oh yeah, yeah. a lot, and, a lot of two characters talking about that. Yeah, and especially like that opening scene is like yeah. twenty minutes or something. It's just yeah, and like talking about <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing too. Like it would have been, it would have been better in my opinion to actually see a lot of those things, but especially in this movie since like it's so interesting visually. Yes, like and it's and you know it's not like some. And, like, a lot of, like, the interesting visuals happen, like, are, they're very low-key. Like, there's one point in the doctor's office where, like, the, like the office is already kind of, like, unusual because it's, like, yeah. you know, like a couple of desks and a white room. I would, a thing in, yeah. like, a blank room. With some weird fucking lighting for some weird doctor's lighting. office. And there's one point where there's, like... They're open at all hours. Yeah. And there's, like, a doorway open at one point, and there's, like, I don't, I don't know, it looks like hair. hair. So, yeah, I wrote yeah. down it looks like hair kind of, like, flowing with uh, almost, like, wa- like in the, the shallows of yeah. of a sea. Because it looks like the water's kind of, like, going back and forth like a wave coming. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, like, a, it's like a close-up of it. Hmm. It doesn't, it's not something that you should see through a door. <laughs> right. But it's just there, and it's never explained or brought up. In was any that, way. Was that before or after spoilers? Was that before or after she, the uh, female character, uh, drowned herself? Before, before, it was before. Okay, it, it, yeah. it, this was right at like an hour thirty-eight. Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, sorry, I mean, I don't just remember that. I, I made a note. <laughs> All right, right. Because <laughs> because I also I wrote this down as a really weird. Did you stock on this movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just I made a note of like this that visual really tripped me out yeah. and right. It was clear. I. I not it wasn't clear actually i i assumed that it was uh like the only splicing together we get of the two stories so i guess the plot synopsis wasn't great because it doesn't mention that there's a whole second story here yeah 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 uh is maybe awkwardly introduced like it's it's interweaved but it we don't really know how or why it's about a, a woman who uh yeah appears to be a survivor of like the nagasaki yeah. uh bombing yeah or at like on a very base level like she also has like a facial disfigurement that like um 
you know that she has to deal with but she's dealing with it dealing with it in a very like different right. way yeah she she's paranoid that war is coming but she right. is otherwise a positive like innocent presence whereas yeah. uh oku mr okuyama is like just bitter and angry childish and yeah yeah p- as they petty mentioned. yeah yeah they mention i think they say that in the movie you're acting like a child <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely but uh, yeah. yeah although you know the the girl has like a massive scarring on one side of her face, but yeah. people otherwise can recognize her. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Okuyama basically doesn't have a face. Like the brief yeah. glimpses we get are just like scarring all over. Uh, and there's there's you know the cool idea here is like uh, or that I was thinking about was like if you can't see my face, you don't immediately know who I am. Like which right. is interesting idea that like or it was in the 60s before you know we could all change our faces with pretty easy plastic surgery anyway yeah. but <laughs> yeah yeah um it's yeah like you know my voice and if you know me well enough you know like what my body looks like but uh, to the average person like if you don't have like the the facial recognition then i don't know who you are yeah and it was interesting that the the psychiatrist actually brings that up when like the um "Quote unquote retarded girl recognizes him, okay, recognizes him, and uh, well, you know, facial recognition is a higher cognitive function, so she probably like, you know, would have recognized you the same way as like you know a dog would. <laughs> it's like ooh, Jeez. ouch, she smelled your butt. <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> just kidding. That poor yeah. girl, poor girl with her yo-yo. Yeah, and uh, I think this is. I mean. I'm not super into Japanese cinema, so I got to say that, but probably the only time I've seen Minoru, whatever his last name is, outside of a Kurosawa movie. He was uh, the, the... The super? The super. And, um, yeah. 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 Um, as as kind of, yeah, as you mentioned, as awkward as the second storyline is, like, to begin with, um, I really liked it a lot, especially the way it ends. Um, mm. and that that strange <laughs> when she's walking out to the uh, the ocean, she's walking into the ocean, and uh, her brother's like, that was her brother, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Her brother's uh, watching her and screaming or whatever, and he he like lunges back, and it like turns into like a fucking dead cow or whatever the way. It was. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like hanging, yeah, hanging hanging meat. meat. Yeah, that was shocking. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what that means, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. There's there's it's very a, interesting though. I mean, yeah, like this really interesting. Like pretty much all of the visuals in this movie are like super interesting and not pretentious at all. They're just there as like seemingly random like flourishes. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I might think that just because I don't understand what he's doing with a lot of the images because I. You know, this is obviously like a comment on identity in some way, but there's, I think there's more that I probably don't have the context for. Definitely. Because yeah. there's a lot of, of like weird uh, images, a lot of weird like uh, like signage and symbols and just that seem to point to something. There's like a lot of European and German stuff. Like yeah, the, even, yeah. Even just like the, the bar that they go to is, yeah. a, is like a, is a German, German beer hall. Yeah. Right. Um, very so strange. Th- there's, uh, there's, seems to be some comments on 
World War Two, Japan Maybe relationship with Europe. I don't know. Japan's identity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's in there somewhere. Yeah. And I, yeah, it's obviously I'm not educated enough on that subject to talk a lot about it, but I did. I just the fact that I noticed that something was going on. Yeah, uh, interested me. Yeah. Um. I thought <laughs> this. Uh, I remember. I've seen this once before also, and I remember it like blowing my mind when I was 20 thinking like, this is kind of like a a sci-fi thing. Uh, It doesn't feel that way to me now. Like it doesn't play that way to me now because it's not a whole lot happens. It's not, it's a very like subdued movie, like as far as like character behavior go. And a lot of, I think what blew my mind was, uh, was the dialogue, just like them talking about identity. And I, I didn't find that quite as interesting this time. Yeah. Kind of just because of what Kevin said. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's all interesting on its own, but I, I do think there's there's a lot of it. There's a lot of them just saying exactly what they're thinking, which is not a typically, like, human thing to do when yeah. we're having conversations. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's unless, you're, just, unless you're French. <laughs> and But I do, you know, I do like that uh, this doctor is, like, like a low-key mad scientist yeah yeah like, <laughs> i love how he like justifies it to himself like, like you, well uh i, I guess you, you've twisted my arm right, so i guess we'll do this you know it's like <laughs> it's like i think it's great pretty like, sure that okuyama just said like one thing yeah and it was it's like a suggestion yeah not, not a twist my arm situation right but i like I, and it's it was like more like the doctor was like hey uh well you know blah 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 blah. this could happen blah 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 blah. you know change your face blah 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 what was what was that oh um yeah i I was you know it's not really my line but like (laughs) like the doctor is kind of like this like he's not the narrator but he's still like really unreliable yeah like i'm not even i'm not even a finger expert i'm i'm a psychiatrist (laughs) But he's doing all this like, experimental plastic <laughs> surgery, like in his spare time. <laughs> well, and maybe that's why they're open at night. Yeah, at work he's a psychiatrist. That was so weird. Yeah, and that like, did they do that just for the ending? I mean, well, no. I guess they do it so that it makes sense that a doctor is having these kind of conversations throughout, and then the ending where, uh, you know, Okuyama kind of needs a well, he needs a police bailout. So the psychiatrist says he's an escape patient. Um, yeah, which was really, like, convenient and also, like, you should be more careful. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also, like, when I said the uh, when I said the side story was, like, awkwardly interweaved, I, I just meant, because, like, I can see how it's a mirror, but also I I'm just don't know if I need it in this movie. But I did like, I liked all of it. Yeah, that's almost like I just rather, you know, this was a ninety-minute movie and that was a twenty-five-minute short. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but there was a yeah. This movie had a lot of really cool stuff. I I loved how like low-key, visually brilliant this was. Like that doctor's office, like was all just like the random paints of glass with lines. All like the only like the middle of the room is lit, like where you see like the the four feet that go to the floor are dark. The four feet that go to the ceiling yeah. are dark. Um, and like the way when the doctor and Okuyama are talking in the bar, like whenever they start saying really important stuff, it like zooms in and like blacks out everyone behind them and like cuts all of the ambient sound and the, the music. A lot of crazy was, yeah, zooms and 
Yeah. Strange camera work. Um, but it's not like, it's not so like kinetic and crazy as a lot of the other yeah. Japanese movies that were coming out. This like the Japanese new wave. Yeah. 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 Like visually it seems to like take like all of like the really like interesting parts about like the visuals of like French new wave and like, you know, just kind of dole them out like as needed as opposed to just shoving them all into a movie to make it quote unquote visually interesting. I mean, it, it just, it seems like it's, it's trying to say something. It's not just, yeah, visual, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, have you, have you seen his other films? Uh, I've seen the other ones in this criterion box, mm. uh, pitfall and woman in the dunes. Mm. How does this and, compare? Do you think? Uh, well, I, at this point I want to rewatch all of them, but this was my favorite. And I also loved woman in the dunes. Now I would, I would like to rewatch woman in the dunes and see which one holds up uh, a little bit better. Mm. Now, it, it, I still really liked this movie. It just, it wasn't like the, mind blowing experience I thought it was when I was in college. Exact same thing here, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. It was a lot more subtle than I remember it being. And I yeah. also maybe I just hadn't seen a lot of movies that dealt with uh these kind of identity issues at that point. But now I, I am much more picky about like talking about identity more than showing identity crisis. Yeah. And since there was some of the things they said in this were like a little too much. Like the doctor was like, a mask like this could destroy all of human morality. Like, <laughs> yeah. <that's, laughs> would it? Eh, all of it? That's a bit. Like that was, that was kind of a funny thing about like, you know, like he's talking about like the, you know, the mask can do this, it can do that. And like, it seems like as soon as Okuyama like really gets on the mask and like, like he becomes like very, so much more meek. Whereas, like, you know, like, when he's in the bandages, he's this cocky, brash, kind of, you know, kind of jerk. But then, like, he becomes, like, very deferential when he's actually wearing wearing the mask and, like, becomes, like, kind of a, kind of a nicer human being in, just in general. <laughs> like, he, t- like, he kind of, like, he kind of turns on the charm when he's, like, you know, you know, uh, talking to his wife and, you know, in, then ends up going to bed with her. But but other than that, you know, he like he's a lot. It's weird to call that like nice and charming though. When he's like actively trying to deceive her and seduce her to like trick her into yeah. thinking she's sleeping with a different man. Yeah, yeah. Like since like he lays all that out explicitly. But I, I mean, I agree that he his it's like his bitterness changes tones. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's not so angry bitter. It's. It's like I have a face now, so I I can be a member of society. But yeah, there's he's still got that he's still got that childish pettiness shit right right below the surface. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What What you guys think? Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, it was uh, spoiler alert, everybody. Um, when when she reveals that she's known it all the time that that you know known who he was, like regardless of his new face, and like well, I thought this was you know. I thought this was a, you know, polite gesture on your part. Yeah, that was really sad. Because, yeah. like, she thinks, like, they're basically doing, like, a role play to, to like... Yeah, yeah. Get, like, <laughs> basically save the relationship. Yeah. Spice it up. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, like, yeah, just, like, do anything to, like, keep it going. Because, you know, 
Like, he says that I'm going away for a week, and, like, two days later, you know, she's in bed with, quote-unquote, another man. But, you know, but, yeah, it's like, and it's, like, both of them have, like, strangely valid points when they're talking about this, and it's super, super interesting. Oh, another, uh, to my point about the the dialogue, mm-hmm. like, in the way it's, it's just a little bit too much. Like, at the very beginning... I was like in the middle of making a note about how like uh, the way they frame that conversation, that opening extended conversation between Okuyama and his wife, uh, they make a point of Okuyama's wife always being behind him and not looking at him. Yeah. But then as I'm like typing the note, he's like, oh, you won't sit in front of me because you don't want to look at me. I was like, damn it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like we are, we knew like you were the, like the visually it was so well, so, so good you didn't need to like openly say it yeah. except you know that they they do have like a what we can call a meaningful conversation it's not like a bad bit of dialogue but yeah, it, it does yeah. just like bring stuff it, it makes subtext text that i don't think needed to be yeah well i think too like it's kind of interesting that in that way that like probably any other movie like it would have been like you know him like him speaking in like voiceover like my wife is constantly behind me. She won't even look. She won't even <laughs> look at me. And like, like that, that would have like killed that scene. But like the fact that he's like so open with it and just, you won't even like, like you keep telling me that nothing's wrong, but you won't even, you won't even look at me. Right. Yeah. You know, you keep sitting behind me. You keep sitting to the side. You won't look me in the eye anymore. And well, and how about the fact that this does start with voiceover? Oh yeah. Then- yeah. I don't think we ever had voiceover again. I think in the very, very end, when th- there's the second shot of like the prosthetic arm going into the liquid. Okay. Am I can't remember yeah, that. I'm not sure. Maybe, th- maybe there isn't, but but I. Based on what happened right after we get the voiceover, I didn't feel like we needed the setup that you know, basically says he's in the accident, doesn't have a face, and then he's like, uh, "No one remembers me." not even as like a cautionary example, which is like a very writerly kind of thing. I I imagine that came straight from the book. Um, But I I did love that that opening with the voiceover has like the floating body parts that turn out to be prosthetics. Yeah. And that that just like immediately sets a visual tone that this is just like a dark ghoulish, you know, kind of visual palette. Yeah. Yeah. Just weird shit. Yeah. Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those prosthetics were like when pulled the finger off of yeah. the hand. It was yeah. just strange. Yeah. And then like and then maybe this is more toward the middle where like they're running like the plastic through like the uh the basically the two rolling pins to get like yeah. to smooth it yeah, out and they yeah. just like keep like balling it, it up and rolling it through. Like this is uh I know it's plastic or even play doh maybe, but it's yeah, it's gross. Yeah. <laughs> what'd you guys uh what'd you guys think of the face? itself like the the mask i it looked pretty good actually um i mean it looks fake obviously for like when they're they're, like putting it on or they're trying to take it off but like yeah so so when it's on that's his face yeah but But it's like tatsuya heavily makeup though to heavily made to make it yeah to make it look like kind of like a mask but yeah 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 i don't know i thought the transition was good like it 
It, yeah, it looked like, good. and there's a lot of clever so, editing to go yeah, from like uh, exactly him, yeah. pull, like him clearly still having his real face on, to like pulling the mask up a little bit, and then they like, do like a quick cut, and all yeah, of a sudden yeah, it's, it's like a, yeah. a droopy, hangy thing. Yeah, and that yeah. that looks pretty good because that looks. Uh, I mean, it looks kind of like like the Halloween mask at that point. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was like obviously like some very very well done prosthetics, like you know. Yeah, especially, especially for the, the time. time. Yeah, yes. for the time. Yeah. Everyone knows psychiatrists make the best prosthetics. <laughs> That's right. Especially in their they spare time. And random. Psychiatrists are inventing new plastics <laughs> every day. That's right. Oh man. Yeah, I felt that. Yeah, that was a little ridiculous, to be honest. But yeah. Whatever. You know, went along with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It, like as as weird as any of this stuff is, like it never detracts from the movie. Yeah, you just kind of go with it. I just like to say like, it never that, like well and like not like hard like ew you know that kind of. thing. I think that doctor's just like look, I'm crazy. <laughs> I'm gonna be a mad scientist. <laughs> yeah, which field involves the least amount of years in med school? <laughs> Psychiatry. I don't. I don't know if that's true, but <laughs> yeah. I can imagine it being true. Right. Just, then, I just need this degree. And they have the scene where they go to the psych ward, like the psych hospital. Or whatever, oh yeah, and, like, yeah. A lot of <laughs> crazies, I guess, <laughs> like yeah. of the time, like just a lot of like. Well, like that, that's something I thought was really interesting because like, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, talk about in like American culture about PTSD and shell shock, but like seeing it from the Japanese side, like people who have like literally experienced the apocalypse, yeah. like, air, like, I, like how, do, like how did, how do you go about living the rest of your life? seeing the devastation of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Yeah, I don't know. And like especially like there was one I can't remember his name, but there was a guy who was in Hiroshima on business, survived the first blast, got on the train like the next day, went back home to Nagasaki <laughs> My God. and survived that blast. And he lived to be like in his nineties. But he's got a lot of weird survival's guilt stuff. <laughs> Jesus dude. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, <laughs> this is also um, I've seen a, a documentary, a Japanese documentary called Goodbye CP that is about um, a, a disabled person in Japan, and it's basically about how the city has, or in Tokyo, the city has like just the shittiest services and basically no services for people who are in great need of physical and mental like. Uh, facilities and support. Mm. Mm. So, Even today? No. I mean, this is oh, 1972. This is, oh, 19, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, but I, it's in 1966, I'm sure it yeah. was even worse than yeah, six years right. later. So, Definitely. I, it is hard, it's impossible for you to imagine what this place was like in the 50 years after World War II. It's, yeah. You know, no one else has had that happen to them. Yeah. It's, it must take a, uh, just insane psychic toll, mental toll, not psychic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's pretty much all I have to talk about. What about um, what about the ending? Like the like after the doctor breaks him out or bails him out. I guess we should talk and, about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you and have a, you have the, like the, all the faces. Yeah, you have a horde of like featureless yeah. people come um and there 
it's like hundreds of people and they're walking in the opposite direction so the doctor and okiyama are like talking as they're trying to squeeze through this group of people on the sidewalk and then um after they get through the people and they continue their conversation like they lean in really close to each other and okiyama sticks a knife in the doctor's back which kills was him instantly <laughs> yeah and i did not remember that that yeah, was i didn't either that was a surprise because it yeah. looked like they were gonna kiss <laughs> and and but like i'm saying it like it's funny but it really make, made me like reevaluate like did i miss something about this relationship like right i mean i know uh i know the doctor was like really into his work with that mask was he like ready to kiss that mask because because he like really liked it or was it just like a weird moment where we had to get close so okuyama could stick a knife in a back i don't know I think that, like, yeah, because, like, definitely, like, from the time he takes the knife, wraps it in the towel, like, you know something's going to happen. Right. Um, I thought I just heard someone knock. I've been hearing that for, like, 30 minutes. Well, they're, also, they're also doing, like, some kind of, like, construction, like, re- okay. remodeling over at curbside. That's right. So, yeah. Um But yeah, you know that something bad is going to happen. Like something, you know, the knife is going to be used somehow, some way. Um, and yeah, it's like, I guess kind of fitting that the the mad scientist who started all this, it you know, ends up paying for it. Yeah. Okay. That's definitely not a knock at your house. That's construction equipment. Yeah, right. <laughs> sledgehammer work yeah snow what about what about your thoughts on the ending um or were you just like fuck this ending <laughs> no i mean I, I liked it the instant death was stupid um i don't really understand i don't really know what the horde of people were do they even say what that was at all no they don't make a comment on it no they just start um, walking through a horde of faceless people yeah i mean it looked cool but uh well i think like it's thinking about it now it's like um like earlier when he's like walking through the crowd like everyone everyone has like a face and like some of them kind of look at him but some of them don't but now like the focus is more on them too so everybody else doesn't have any features kind of the same with like when they're in the bar and like everyone else is secondary all of a sudden so yeah maybe yeah nobody i guess nobody gives a shit if you have a face or not yeah, or yeah, like, or like, point. you know, the kind of like, <laughs> you know, like, you know, people get lost in crowds yeah, and yeah. like feature, you know, essentially features don't matter in that in that context. And it's also just like one more, one more image that shows us Teshigahara has created like a very heightened reality. This is not. I mean, I, I, at some points, I didn't know. Is any of this real? This could yeah. all be. Yeah, seriously. This could all be like in someone's head. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't well, have a lot of. I don't have like, evidence to support that, but I would believe it if yeah. someone came up with a theory. It's all in the girl's head. Yeah, or like that. Like, that would have been killer, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool or like it's uh, <laughs> like you know some alternate reality where like uh, Germany has won the war, and you know like eh. and <laughs> I don't know. It's better than Man in the High Castle. In my Gosh. opinion, I haven't seen that, but I've, I've yeah. not heard. I've not well, heard good I, I haven't seen it either, but I read the book, and 
I'm I'm just not a huge fan of Philip K. Dick's writing. Really? I mean, <laughs> I really liked. The... We're gonna do this again. <laughs> Are we? I'm not I'm a not, super I'm fan. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, I really like the Three Stigmata of Palmer Eldritch and Ubik, uh, but like, do androids dream of electric sheep? Eh. I just I just thought like Scanner Darkly. The book is very very interesting. I need to read it again because it's been like. Sheesh. 12 years? Wow. It's been a long time. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. I, don't, I don't do a lot of rereading books, so a book I read 15 years ago is not, yeah, it's it's not like high on my list to read yeah. again. <laughs> done for life. Same here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ratings? On this, on this movie? You start. It's your movie. That's uh, what John made me do I'm last I'm going to go three and a half on this uh oh, okay this thing what what was it previously it it was pre ratings so <laughs> um, but like so when you pick this in your head what were you thinking really was going to happen watch it okay you're really really but, uh, dodging my question <laughs> <laughs> um i it was probably like a four and a half i just remember it being so much weirder i mean it's weird but i i, I was thinking like lynch weird like yeah. this is the Japanese Lynch, right? And it, there's like flourishes of that, but yeah, it's more like a uh, persona, yeah, in a way, yeah. Um, and you guys very much like persona, actually. Yeah, yeah. 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 We probably could have talked about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that's a thing. <laughs> Definitely a thing. This was made. Well, this like same the same year. Yeah, I think 1966. I'm pretty yeah, sure it was yeah. persona also. Yeah. Um. So it's hard. It's it would be difficult to say who influenced who. But yeah, I'm. Probably they were both watching Fellini movies. <laughs> um, you guys were a mixed bag on Persona, right? Yeah, I Persona was a five for me. I think Persona was a five for me, or maybe a four and a half. It's, it's I love Persona; it's great. Okay, oh, you got yeah, you weren't mixed, and and John gave it a four. So I I gave it? yeah, four and a half. Yeah, okay. Persona rules. Those are all yeah. good. Those um, are all good ratings. This is Persona is way better than this movie. But I mean, that's not—that's not like an yeah, indictment a, on this yeah, movie at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. At all, I mean, this movie's well done and thought-provoking, and like you said, though, like I think it goes down a little bit because, like now, I, I need to know why things are happening mm. more than I did when I was younger. Mm. Like, right? It's like stuff that looks cool. I don't know. You get that pretentious vibe, but it's like I—I I know that this movie's—it's probably not. There's probably a lot of like layers to this that I'm not understanding at all. Mm. Whereas Persona, I feel like it's more face value. But, uh, I don't know. I feel a lot of the same way, but I, I also have, like, this weird, like, I have mixed feelings about it because, like, I, I kind of like that it's not as out there weird as I remember it because that honestly might annoy me now. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it still is, like, it's not, this is not a blow-your-mind movie. It's a, it is, again, just a very thought-provoking well-made movie with mm-hmm. a little bit of weirdness right uh and because of that i'm gonna go uh i'm gonna go with a four sweet just like a solid really good movie mm. kevin i'm going 4.25 sounds good yes glad you guys enjoyed it and uh right before this podcast started i looked to see if uh if jonathan had rated it yet he had not i He's busy watching like a 
f- fucking cure for wellness. Uh, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, what I think what really happened is he saw that, or he knew we were doing another Asian movie, so it was like, oh, I have a scheduling conflict. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure he did. I'm, I'm sure feeling, he I'm feeling he's, got, he's going sub, sub three on this thing. I don't Easy. know. I don't Easy. know. Yeah. <laughs> Watch, he comes in and gives it like six out of five. <laughs> no, the, I don't, no, I don't no, see that happening. There's no, no. no way. No way in hell. Yeah. Which is okay. It's not a six out of five. I still need to see Pitfall. Mm. I, I want to see that one. Yeah, I think I'm going <clears> to... <throat> I watched this on Filmstruck, and I, I think I'm going to make a point of watching Pitfall and Woman in the Dunes pretty soon. Because... Mm. Uh, I remember, I remember Woman in the Dunes being really good, but it wasn't, it wasn't a mindfuck movie at any point. Yeah, so right. it's it's likely that that could hold up a little bit better. But we'll find out. Yeah. Stay All tuned for right. some future week. Right. I don't know what it will be where we talk about that. <laughs> Whose pick is it for next week? I believe it is my pick. What? British movie or we watching? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually not going to be a British movie. Watching the Thidran line? <laughs> you should you'll you should have a lot of stuff to say about it next week. That's if your, you complete your, your watch, <laughs> complete your homework assignment. Hold on a second. <clears throat> Do you guys keep a list of ideas for this? Oh, these headphones are horrible. I did, and then it ran out. You ran out? Yeah, about six months ago, I had like four or five movies, and oh, okay, that makes I deleted sense. a few and ran out. <laughs> so you're just winging it every, once a month now? Uh, pretty much. Okay. Uh, yeah. The next one is probably going to be Breaking the Waves, so don't watch that, because I've had that movie for like five years, and I've never watched it. Shit. <laughs> so I haven't. Need to get on that one. It's been a while since I watched an older Fontier movie, so that would be that would mm. be cool. Yeah. Okay, so our deep dive for next week is going to be Dante's Inferno from 2007, directed by Sean Meredith. Dante's Inferno? I don't know what the fuck this is. Yeah, I found one that JR hasn't seen. What the fuck? What is this? this? Animated? Is this a movie? (laughs) Of course it's a movie. No, it's a wrestling match. (laughs) Is this animated? Is this the thing with Mark Hamill? No. Oh my god, what is this? I don't... Oh, here we go. Hmm. It's the fourth thing on Lex Letterbox called Dante's Inferno. Yeah. Hand-drawn paper puppets. What? I've mm-hmm. never heard of this in my life. Where is this available? Because uh, can... this doesn't look like a movie. Let's see. Just kidding. It should be on Amazon Prime. Alright, serve it. Yep. Cool. Available on Hey. I respect it. Never heard of it. Yeah. Let's do this. Interesting. I'm yeah. going to trash it. Just Oh my god. Ken Russell did a Dante's minutes? Inferno? This is sounds, amazing. Thank sounds you. great. Sounds yeah, great. I did not know Ken Russell had an Inferno movie. Yeah, which it's like how have I not seen that? And he did. Yeah, I mean <laughs> I get on that Russell that. All right then. When I close this out. Kevin. Of course, Oliver Reed is playing Dante. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Okay. So there's uh no <laughs> <laughs> just a there's... De- dead air on our phones here. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> a lot of internet uh, searching to do right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, so we so, prefer um, to do that on on mic. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no feedback. So um, shocking. Anything else you guys care to say? We should have made Jonathan like send in his rating and feedback. Yeah, should have been like that's that's your punishment. I'm tempted to call him, but I don't I don't know what yeah. he actually has going on. Yeah, so that's so yeah, yeah. We can it can wait. Yeah, he yeah. can he can trash it next week. Right. <laughs> I'm thinking like a two. <laughs> yeah, I really am. <laughs> it's like the more Asian movies he watches, yeah. the, the right the less the he lower likes them. It goes. Well, like if anyone needs to Stockholm himself to some Japanese cinema, it would be John. Yeah, he... I need yeah. to watch two, more of myself. So. Yeah, because, like, I, under, I understand that I understand that he didn't like The Bad Sleep Well, but, like, a lot of the things that he brought up, I was like, did you actually watch the movie? Because, <laughs> like, there were certain <laughs> things that he said he didn't understand. I'm like, there's literally a Greek chorus in the form of those reporters that are explaining what's going on right now. And that's not a Japanese thing. That's right. a Greek thing. That's a Greek thing. <laughs> so <laughs> no excuses. Yeah. Well, I mean, unless he just hates the Greeks too. If they're not speaking an Indo-European well, he language, <laughs> yeah. he's not into it. Well, he likes uh, Lanthim- Lanthimos. So, yeah, but he makes movies in English now. So. That's true. So it's all right. Let's get out of here. All right. Stay tuned next week for Dante's Inferno from 2007 directed by Sean Meredith it's going to be a fun one see ya